On some level, we all know that health extends beyond the physical. And to feel well, we need more than pills and a diagnosis. Industrialized medicine is often unable to reach the roots beneath disease and empower us to create our own sense of health and well-being. This is Dr. Domas and the Wounded Healer. My name's Ashley Palmer. And I'm Samuel Simonson. The system is useful for some things, but frankly, it is overrun with bullshit. The intention of this podcast is to explore other ways to approach life, health, and society at a time when change is inevitable and everywhere. You may be dreamers, but the status quo sounds like a status no, man. Serious disclaimer ahead. We're not against conventional medicine, and we recognize its value. Being open to holding different perspectives and allowing for individual truth is essential to recognizing the humanity in each other regardless of our identities or ideologies. So we're swimming in murky waters here, but we believe that discussing gray areas can help open space for change. Our intention is to be empowering and thought-provoking. Enjoy the conversation. Okay, so what was, or we want to start with? With delusionment. Disillusionment. Disillusionment. There or we go. Or disillusion? Delusion? <laughs> Something. <laughs> so, disillusion. What does it mean? Well, I looked up the definition just now, and it said to be disappointed or, like, to come to the realization that something isn't as good as you thought it was. Were you disillusioned with Western medicine? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's an interesting... So, like, okay, so disillusion, like, because then what I was thinking about with it is disbelief in the illusion, or you don't believe in the illusion. You Yeah, you realize that it was an illusion. An illusion, yeah. So then it's like, what is the illusion? Yeah. And the illusion, I think, is what the the stories we attach to it like the um the stories that like society and the people and the practitioners and all these things based on their experiences in life and what they've gone through attach onto this biomedical conventional medical model that mm-hmm. we have that would be the illusion what kind of stories uh, are people telling because I've been thinking about this, or I was thinking about this on the drive over here, is conventional medicine, or like a biomedical model, is trying to um, attach a story to symptoms through diagnosing them, mm-hmm. and tie that back into the body very specifically. Like, okay, we have this lab test, we have this thing that proves this is the case so this is wrong with your disorder yeah so it's like uh quite a technical process and it's not something to be believed in or not believed in it's just like a tool like a thing that is happening yeah um and i think so for me i think the stories or i was telling myself all kinds of stories before going into medicine that you know maybe this was the avenue to really heal people or really help people or um, see health as more than physical. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then realizing that I mean it's just a tool I got trained in how to use a tool yeah and so I guess part of the illusion is that this is the best way for our society to be approaching health and and disease and treatment Mm -hmm. and that illusion is based on essentially like colonization Mm -hmm. or that belief that we're separate yeah because it requires separation and it requires this is something else like to practice or that i experienced to practice to practice conventional medicine i felt like i needed to separate myself from my body Mm -hmm. and also at times a lot of times separate myself from the person in front of me because otherwise it's just too it's impossible well i had started painting a picture in clerkship and i never i still haven't actually finished it but what it was was this like silhouette of a person um and their head was kind of disconnected from their body and then their heart was like removed from their body like in front of them and there was this gaping hole in their chest and it was like i remember when i first started painting it i remember being like i'm gonna title you medicine and then that's (laughs) (laughs) what clerkship did to me yeah yeah it was like and it's not that like because some what i hear a lot when i hear people talking about how medicine would be so hard they're like oh it would be so hard to be giving people bad news to be giving people news that like they've got this terrible disease or that Mm -hmm. they're gonna die or whatever but like that to me wasn't that's obviously you know painful whenever you're telling somebody like really difficult situations but Mm -hmm. it's so much more than that that's hard yeah like that's not the thing when i think about why medicine is hard that's not where i go to no no i don't go there either that's that's part of what makes it a bit more fulfilling yeah is being able to, give to be people... there for people in yeah. those really hard moments that's one of the better parts of a job even though it's really painful it feels like you're actually able to do something with your humanity and mm-hmm. be there for somebody yeah yeah no it's not that it's it's the i guess like because medicine is like a reflection of society or whatever is going on around it and we have this view that's overly tied into a biomedical model mm-hmm. everything is a reflection of that so it's like overemphasized and i guess what i'm thinking with this is like i remember one of my first cases in clerkship on like my surgery rotation um, we, I had a patient who, you know, I went and saw her, she had some right upper quadrant pain, whatever, had been admitted to the hospital. Um, and no one knew what to do with her. Her blood tests were normal. Um, they had done some imaging. She didn't really. It's not picking up oh. all the time. Oh, okay. I'm turning away too much. Um, and she had not, she had had some imaging. I think it was an ultrasound or a CT or she had something. Um, and it didn't really show any issue with her gallbladder and I remember I went and talked to her and I spent a long time with her um which number one you don't do on a surgical rotation yeah (laughs) and quick (sighs) yeah and I learned so much about what was going on in her life surrounding this pain Mm -hmm. like she had had this pain before It, it wasn't new um it wasn't preceded by like dietary things or anything what it was preceded by is her partner's 
uh, mental instability. So they would become psychotic. Um, and usually when they were admitted to the hospital, she would develop this pain and end up in the hospital too. And no one would ever be able to find the answer. And this had happened like three times. Mm. So I go to the surgeon and I said, I, I presented that story and they first had no time for like the social factors or whatever. And they just wanted to know if there's something to cut. Yeah. Which is fair. That's their job. That's their job. And I said, no, there is not. And that patient still ended up uh, with a cholecystectomy. Still ended Taking up. Taking out her gallbladder. Yeah, yeah. Getting her gallbladder out. And that moment, what it did to me was it, it made me realize how misdirected the physical tools that we use in medicine can be. They can be severe. Yeah. Um, and that harm is, you know, the, all you have is a desperate person in pain. Mm -hmm. And if that desperate person in pain had had a completely different approach to them, like, you know, maybe going through some type of somatic therapy, going through something like they weren't in a hospital where the tools around them were, you know, surgery and, and medications, mm -hmm. um, they probably would have ended up in a very different place. And there would have been a lot more healing happening in that interaction mm -hmm. versus a surgery that may have outcomes like post-surgical pain or I, I don't know what happened to that woman in the end, but it's yeah, it, it, like that's the shit that burns people out. Yeah. And then also like, so you take out the gallbladder. Okay. Then maybe you won't be having problems with your gallbladder, but if you're still having these life situations that are really, you know, harmful to you, Something else is going to go wrong. It's not like you're necessarily fixed if you're still not getting to the root. No, and I think like what would happen would have happened in that case is like you know, this had happened multiple times. I mean, I don't really think she was getting gallbladder attacks each of those times. We didn't have evidence on blood work or imaging like we didn't have strong evidence and I just remember the word microcalculi being thrown around a lot and I know that that can happen that's not a unheard of thing mm -hmm. and then you know be, her being booked for surgery and I just remember being flabbergasted that the all of the the pieces that would lead to that diagnosis um they weren't there yeah it doesn't always fit and it just was like steamrolled straight to the point or to the the treatment before spending time going, do we really have this diagnosis? And that that blew my mind then and still blows my mind now. Uh, it, less so, but it's yeah. just like, you know, how did we, how do we, how did we end up in that kind of place? Like just people, like when I say we, it's just like, that's not yeah that's not health yeah well yeah and like some of it is like people wanting to help but just because you want to help doesn't mean what you're going to be doing is helpful and then also yeah people are just burnt out like you could hear that story and like think that that surgeon or the whoever is making these, these decisions are like 
I don't know, bad people or something. Oh, they're but not they're not. Bad people. They're no, not. They're awesome people. Yeah. It's just, you know, when These you're trained. These are the situations that people find themselves in. Well, and that's kind of like when you're trained in, to, in a certain tool. You know, if all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. You know, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. It's exactly. just like you, you, when you're trained a certain way and then that influence of being trained in that way is coming from society itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like what people are actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, people are looking for all kinds of things. Um, I think a lot of times when people come to the doctor, they're probably looking for a listening ear and some reassurance that it's not a physical problem. Yeah. Like they don't need to be that concerned about it and mm-hmm. or they can look in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting with surgery too, because like standardly surgical residencies are the most intense. Like you have to work for days essentially with like no sleep sometimes because when you work as a surgeon, you get into situation because there always has to be a surgeon on call, no matter how many surgeons you have staffed. So then someone's on holidays, whatever. Surgeons just get in these situations where they're working so much. And so when you're working so much and you don't have enough time to take care of yourself or sleep or eat, and then you need to be making decisions about whether to cut somebody open or not, like it's just, it's quite a wild situation that like one of the most invasive well the most invasive thing that we do to each other which is surgery Mm -hmm. like those people who are doing the surgery get put through just such hell and like it just it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. you would think that if people are needing surgery you would think that if people are needing to be cut open you would want those people to be rested and to be taken care be have the ability to be able to take care of themselves it's just not responsible to be putting healthcare workers through such like just not having their needs met well it's that kind of thing of like when i mean you can't pour from an empty cup you Mm. can't do these kinds of things so it's like and what i mean by that even more is like you don't have your mind your your body yourself you don't always have time to really come to see the full picture Mm mm-hmm um, when things are that way and just like in the clinic being, you know, in another setting or in being trained in that biomedical model, there isn't always time to see the full reality of what's happening with mm-hmm. someone. And like the, the, the story a diagnosis tells about someone's health is quite limited. Mm-hmm. It doesn't explore the rest of it. And I know we're taught to, you know, explore in the clinic, but then we're sent into places where you have 15 minute appointments and or 10 minute appointments or whatever you have. And you've got a whole bunch of people booked and it's like, well, you don't really have time to explore yeah. people's lives. Um, and that but that would give a lot more information about their life. It's it's not that. Like, and I guess then the tool, the biomedical tools could be applied more with more discernment mm-hmm. in, into people's lives. Because mm-hmm. when, when, you know, that it becomes the, um, the catch all almost like, you know, everything, like there must be something going on with this person. 
Um, and instead of taking the time and the space to like somatically experience something with someone or, you know, really work through things, it's just a, a reactive blood work, um, differential diagnosis, um, prove it's not all of these things. And it's just like, what can kill you and what's common? It, it feels like the wrong place to be. It's it's not the wrong place. That's I don't want to put right or wrong language to it because that's not accurate. Um, it feels like we need d d more tools. Yeah. Yep. At the very least. Yeah, at the very least, is it's like one tool, and then just when you're so stretched for time, like you're gonna fall back on what is ingrained in your mind which is the biomedical mm -hmm. model well and that's what you're needed you that's your job yes like we're we're, we're trained biomedical technicians <laughs> like you know order the blood work follow these algorithms apply these differential diagnoses and and maybe come up with a diagnosis and a treatment like that's a very like factual kind of work like you can find the blood works off and then you can say I don't know why but I can give you this pill to remedy it mm -hmm. and it's just so yeah like it, it's powerful it can do what it needs to do but it's not it's moving things around without getting down into the root yeah and the because the roots always go multiple places and because we're more than just a physical being like we're our social environments we're our um inherited environments we're all of these different things mm -hmm. at once like we're we're more than than medicine gives humans credit for i guess yeah i think all healthcare workers are all i like i, I don't know if i've ever worked with a doctor who on some level didn't wasn't disillusioned throughout mm. the process which is really interesting well one could say that life is just <laughs> yeah <laughs> disillusionment yeah um but i guess the thing that's interesting to me about illusion like illusion isn't truth illusion is what someone thinks or whatever mm -hmm. um so disillusionment is kind of it's it's a disappointing process i guess yeah um and it can really burn someone out or or disempower someone but it is revealing a truth and so then i think that's that truth is then the place to work from versus the feeling of disappointment oh definitely yeah so it's it's just interesting like thinking about what that the root of the word i guess like what yeah what it actually says about something when it says that there's a disappointing truth or like yeah you know <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I guess for me and like a naive mind when I went into it, you know, I hadn't understood these things. So it was just, you know, mm -hmm. thought it was all good. Yeah. But not that I thought it was all good. I mean, it was an intellectual process, understanding the bad parts. It wasn't physical, like. I've mm -hmm. felt the emotions associated with this. I've understood this. Mm -hmm. it, it was just an intellectual thing. Yeah. We had a question about um, empowerment or disempowerment with, in healthcare. Mm -hmm. 
Um, what did it say? Uh, how does medicine take away someone's power? Yeah. It takes away doctors and patients' power. Well, everyone's power. You won't list all the actual jobs, but it disempowers everybody. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about, like, how does it... I don't know. How does it do that? Like, what comes up for you? Well, it's a system. It's a very rigid system, and just working it's like kind of like working in a bank or when i i've been dealing with a bank recently and the way that the bank people will talk to me and the way that they'll act uh, it reminds me of healthcare. Mm. like i can see what they're doing i can it's see transactional what it's transactional and it's trying to just there's so much deflection like it's a lot of deflection <laughs> yeah like you just don't want to be a <sighs> you don't <sighs> like as as a, as a doctor practicing you don't want to miss something that's going to kill somebody mm -hmm. and so you're just always thinking about that or whatever and like it's not about necessarily helping people be fully hel healthy and well because you don't have the time for that and you don't have the tools for that exactly and so what do you want to do you want to make sure you don't miss something that's going to kill them yeah that's what you want to do and so that's not necessarily empowering that's you're just trying to not you're just trying not to not fuck up essentially is what i felt a lot of the time everyone's just kind of trying to not fuck up and do what they're supposed to and whatever 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 like a bank yeah but we're dealing like with be, humans be that transactional biomedical technician yeah like and the reason i keep saying that is because that's not like that job like being trained in that job that's not about like the heart or the human or mm -hmm. like you know genuinely connecting with someone you can try to layer that stuff in mm -hmm. but the system doesn't really set you up for it no um and so i guess like back to illusion like one of the illusions is that you actually are going to get that kind of human centered support yeah when you go see a doctor yeah and maybe that shouldn't be the expectation <laughs> like the expectation should be that you're going to get a biomedical approach like biomedical tools and to say it's more than that would you would have to really shift how the practice is done yeah like because you can of course counsel and you can say i don't think this is a physical problem mm -hmm. i think you need to look in other areas you can refer to a counselor you can do these kinds of things um but it, i don't know this kind of thing used to make me so mad because I I had had my own experiences in healthcare and knew people who had terrible experiences in healthcare and so it made me mad. I was like, oh, like this should be better. Doctors should be more like this. Healthcare workers should be more like this. Like you know, like heart centered and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I went through the process of becoming a doctor and I was like, oh, I get it. I get why it's so it's impossible. So like getting to this point, if things are going to shift, can't be done through anger. Like, it's, it's fully, like, you know, makes sense to be mad and, like, people have... There's so much healthcare trauma out there. But, like, moving forward as humanity, like, things don't change through pointing fingers and screaming. <laughs> like, no. it just... It, it can't. It's, like, the... It's addressing the rotten... Addressing the rotten roots. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, like, yeah. It's a big topic. <laughs> It, yeah no it's like it's a hard topic it makes me feel like the way i feel it in me is like a pit 
inside me that just feels kind of nauseous and a little bit sick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is nauseating. It is nauseating. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, like, you know, there's so many places to go mm-hmm. from that, from these concepts, I guess. Yeah. And I've been so mad about it at different points. Like, I mean, there's something you have to work through if it's there, obviously. Well, and I guess that's like getting back to burnout. That's, well, it's an interesting thing because I've been asked by doctors who really like, you know, are passionate and are believe in what they're doing. um, What I'm, what makes me so mad that I can like stay mad about it? long enough to do something about it like you know stick yeah. with it that way and i'm just like i remember just being like i i don't know how to answer that because like i'm at a place where i'm working on my anger reaction to injustice yeah as like not being the most productive thing like it can be motivating but it like can move a whole lot of energy in the wrong direction yeah or or a, a non-productive direction, just like a yelling about something mm-hmm. or pointing fingers or, you know, whatever, like you said. Um, so it was like, I don't know if that's what it means to not get burned out is to stay mad about something long enough. Like, I don't know if that works for me. No. No. Yeah, that sounds like a recipe for heart disease. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember being like, this This doesn't seem like the right environment for me. Because mm-hmm. to me, passion is is not anger. No, it can be love. <laughs> yeah. And not that anger is a, not a bad... No, er, anger is essential. We, we talked about that. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I don't need to be... Excessively angry all the time because of someone else's experience, yeah. or the like the hurt I see. Yeah, that's like the energy that seems to be typically used or maybe needed. I don't know, but like dealing with like politics and like I don't know, moving things forward in that way. I don't know. They're always yelling. Yeah, that's. I mean, but. Politics, medicine. I'm talking about the politicians are always. Yelling. Medicine is but politics. Whatever Virchow said that at one point in time. Um, um, yeah, they're definitely. And so, things. like, if you look at the two things, it's like no wonder we have what we have as a medical system. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, we need to step outside of these yelling politics and everything. That's incoherent, but. <sighs> Uh, it really kind of scrambles my brain like, just thinking about the political yeah. system just kind of scrambles my brain so then what comes out is scrambled yeah. that makes sense yeah. and I think it's often incoherent what we're hearing from politicians as well yes yeah yeah it's quite incoherent yeah it's so limiting god damn it yeah it's something it's like that i don't know 
just coming back to burnout, I think. Is this a physical process? Burnout? It, it definitely has physical implications. And it must be reflected in our physiology on some level. Yeah. Must be. And so it just seems like living through these cycles of burnout consistently. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that do to the body over time? Wears it down. Definitely age faster. People in medicine, like yeah. people who are trained in medicine, um, they age faster than their peers. Yeah, they have shorter telomeres. Mm -hmm. Which is not surprising. It's so stressful. No, and, and medicine has... Um, like high suicide rates and early mortality and mm -hmm. all these kinds of things. Yeah. It's not right. <laughs> Something's off. Yeah. Well, oh, I was this had thought I thought this Um, when we were talking about, you know, that kind of righteous anger, like at injustice mm -hmm. um, that. I wonder if idiot that, compassion. I wonder. Well, I wonder if it blends in with saviorism. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, idiot compassion. Yeah, what's idiot compassion? Saviorism. Well, it's like it's like when you're saying or experiencing like caring for someone or something, but like to the point where it's literally hurting yourself. Uh -huh. So if you're doing that, it's not helping anybody. Because, like, being alive is painful. There's so many awful things going on in the world. It's horrible. And we're social mm -hmm. creatures that deeply pains any person who's paying attention and has their heart open. Having Experiencing pain and, like, grief about this, the state of the world or what other people are going through or what you're going through is not the same thing as idiot compassion, which is, like, That's righteousness. And just maybe, maybe righteousness is the wrong word. but Well, it, to me, it, what I think of is, like, say that doctor that's, like, falling apart like obviously like physical health is bad yeah. yet they're still out there like just trying to treat the, the patients or whatever like they won't put the, the work down yeah long enough to see like oh i there's a problem here yeah. inside my body that needs to be worked on like yeah. that's what comes to mind when i yeah. think of that yeah definitely there, things will catch up with you yeah. Or they can catch up with you. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, burnout, like, you're... Your body's asking for something. Yeah, like, it's it's dim, or it's dark. It's going gone out, like, whatever it is that makes you tick, whatever yeah. your spark is. Yeah. Um. Which, that that's fascinating. Yeah. We could probably just cut it out if... Probably needed i the okay, I'll... my i don't know about my burnout and biophotons thing either so that, okay that could be removed i'm sure but i just couldn't help it mm -hmm. <laughs> i couldn't help it's just i've been thinking about this a lot lately like mitochondrial dna is also or like our cells are packed full of that yeah so that's also emitting light mitochondrial dna emits light i think that's what it yeah so then it's just like there's just something there. <laughs> it seems important. It seems important. And I've just been like, you know, I'll be driving and I'm just like mitochondria and light. And I'm just thinking about this. Probably like it, there's no connection or like I don't have connections there. I'm just these are the concepts that are floating around. 
Yeah. Well, it makes sense because, as Sandra Lee mentioned, sound is primary to light. Like, sound... So sound influences light. Acoustic sound influences light. This is why sound healing works on us because we are made of light. So sound influences us. Words influence us. Affirmations so, influence us. Music, comedy, yeah. sound healing. So that sound is doing what to the light? Something. Being emitted from the DNA. Just something. Depends on the sound. Yeah, it would depend on the sound for yeah. sure. But like you know that experiment where there's where there's sand or whatever on on a speaker mm-hmm. and then it's playing sound so the sound is acoustic. Yeah. And then it's creating patterns in the sand. Exactly. Because the sand is like light because everything in this universe is made of light. And so the sound alters the light. Acoustic sound alters the light. Yeah. So that sound Sound is primary to light. Mm-hmm. Does our DNA make sound? I'm not. We make sound. Yeah, we make sound. So, like, it must, or it yeah. at least interacts with sound. Yeah, I wonder. Be interesting to talk to a physicist. Yeah, it would be awesome. Who could at least help, like, put that together a bit? Because it's, it's really interesting to me, and there's something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physics is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not something we were... Like, there was no physics in medicine. Very little. Oh, what what did we... Did we I like, guess, like, osmosis, or, like, the starling whatever, and, like, lungs and stuff. It's, like, very... And I guess ablations... Yeah. Like, yeah. using frequencies but, to, like, break apart kidney stones. And... But it's not like light or sound is primary to light, so sound healing works. Like, that was never <laughs> said. But that's a pretty, like, basic, like, fundamental thing to the human body that is kind of important, and that was never said. Well, because so it's not applied. That's something that is, like, sound healing Healing has is central to each tradition. Or, like... It shows up it's, everywhere. Yeah, Everyone's like, used it. Since the beginning of human stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. been part of something. Yeah. So then it would be just like colonial medicine or Western approaches to go, there's nothing here. Yeah. And Even though you use ultrasound and you use these yeah. other forms of sound in a more convoluted fashion. Yeah. It's just not acoustic sound. They'll use sound if you can't hear it. So, yeah, so it's like there's something uh, arrogant, I guess. Yes. About, or ignorant, maybe both. both, Yeah. About just being like, this this doesn't fit, like, my current belief system, or, like, this doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. in it, and then dismissing it Mm -hmm. because of that. And that's what that's why I said earlier, like biomedical models are not meant to be, be believed in. They're tools to prove yeah, of something. Tool. So then it's like people trained in that 
are still people with beliefs because we're humans. Belief is a big part of how we exist. So yeah. then I think there's this this tendency to almost go about doing Western medicine or using the science of of empiric scientific work or whatever to from a belief center place and it's like that's not what it's about like it just it's so it's off base yeah it's it's odd to me because that is like it goes against like the fundamentals of what scientific inquiry is which is exploring yeah or to me yeah it, it's exp it's asking questions and then exploring to find the finding answers. new possibilities yeah find it, yeah and it's like so like i'm interested in like arts directed research mm -hmm. because it's like so much of like the great ideas or like the things that have changed a scientific understanding come to that person through an artistic or a synchronistic process mm -hmm. that's not understood mm -hmm. but happens enough that anyone who's connected to that process knows that it's real mm -hmm. and then from it's almost like that then you know it blends into the the three-dimensional world through science or like through a new discovery or a thing mm -hmm. but it's like it starts in art mm -hmm. and that to me is or a, a vision or something like yeah. whoever his name was that um saw dna yeah like i'm calling all of that art like, yeah because it's like that imaginative process mm -hmm. and it's bizarre to me that people who are trying to engage in the imaginative process of science or like you know looking at those two things together it's often considered less valid yeah and that's just like conditioning that's conditioning yeah so that's kind of what i'm getting at like we're we're creatures of belief like we're humans like we have like because if i think about me with my belief in medicine um it was almost religious in some ways because of religious conditioning from you know being a child like you know i believe in this i feel strongly about this you know whatever mm -hmm. i believe i can help people or heal people or this or that that where am i going with this it is there's a religious undertone to industrialized medicine and you're not supposed to question it and it's like this is how it is and it's about making money yeah but it's like it's like just the wrong place for that to be existing yeah i don't in. know if there's a right place for that well, to be <laughs> well it's just like but it's like so misguided it just yeah. doesn't actually like I, it's mind-boggling to me right now how that like it's like humans don't if you don't realize your conditioning if you don't realize that kind of stuff that's what's happening like because i've had a few experiences in residency one was where you know, I was given a lot of autonomy. They wanted to see who I became as a doctor and would give me some guidance here or there or something really went wrong, kind of jump in. And then I've had other experiences where it was like, no, we want you to be this type of doctor, very top down, like this is how it is. And it seemed like there was such a like belief 
aspect of how those people that were more top down were teaching and functioning and doing things. And like, that's what I'm getting. Like, it feels like that is like that human impulse to believe in something or like, you know, feel strongly about something is being, is happening with the contain within the container of conventional medicine. When all that is, is a, tool to ground things into physical reality mm-hmm. it's nothing more than that and nothing yeah. less it's just that yeah so it's so it, it's just strange to me then that how people attach all this passion and all this like these various things to the this process of using a tool belief is a collective process yeah so you need for yeah belief to be grounded into physical reality you need a lot of people to be believing it too Mm-hmm. otherwise it doesn't get anywhere but like internal knowing you just need yourself yeah and I guess it feels like some of my residency experiences were trying to cultivate that internal knowing whereas others were trying to take it away yeah so I could behave more like them mm-hmm. and less like me or something. Yeah. So it, it's it just it's really it's just interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> interesting world. And I guess like that belief thing within the container of conventional medicine, like that must have to do a lot with burnout because someone can feel so strongly like they want to be helping or they are helping. And then that illusion can cover up what's actually happening, which is, which is you're ordering the TSH, you're refilling someone's meds, you know, whatever. And then people just keep cycling back and forth between Mm -hmm. these places of being like, Oh, I believe so strongly in what I'm doing then to be, or, and then being like, you know, this is nothing. Yeah. You know, paycheck or yeah and it feels i guess because we are one of our questions was like how do like people get disempowered so i guess yeah has something to do with it yeah and like you know the process of becoming a doctor is so disempowering you get so disempowered and financially crippled and all these things and then you're at the end and maybe you're disillusioned but like you're in all this debt so I think there's feel the need to can just you know do it anyway. The interesting thing is there's the flip side of that. Like there's people that would find it empowering. In what way? Well, I mean you're being um like your knowledge or your um your opinion or your whatever is being held to a certain degree because you are a doctor because you have this yeah. So moving through that process of stepping into that could be empowering for someone. Yeah. But I think the But you've got to be disempowered before. I think That's the part of deeper the training. question is like what is true power? <laughs> or yeah. like true versus or maybe internal versus external power. Is any power like where part of it is like manipulating other people? That's not helpful for anyone. Yeah, and there there is a lot of that power in conventional medicine. Like it's, you know, you, these are your patients 
you know, take ownership of your patients, you know, um, who are responsible for all these patients, like all these things we hear, um, at various points in my training, they struck in different ways, sometimes more discordant than others. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was always a bit confusing to me. It was, it was kind of, yeah, confusing, jarring, shocking, just being responsible for somebody else's health is so weird and yeah. it's a disempowering thing because if it's i'm responsible for your health where is your responsibility well and it's that but kind like, of thing uh, 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 oh, i was almost there oh because if you're also as, as a doctor or whatever healthcare western medicine industrialized medicine you're not necessarily ha you don't necessarily have the tools to be giving people tools to empowering them mm -hmm. the tools that you're giving are disempowering a lot of the time so then of By course nature. you're going to be responsible because yeah. you're disempowering them yeah so, then so you're like your taking hands. that on um, because it's like oh well i've got these magic pills that'll fix this and put that that way and they might kill you but that's why i'm responsible and i went to <laughs> school for a long time so <laughs> and the thing that's coming up for me right now is like that whole response to like you know burnout or issues in medicine or society where it's just like we just need to care more yeah fuck <laughs> and it's just like insane yeah like yeah and and that's so common it's well-intentioned yes it's very well-intentioned but i don't think it's accurate to what life is or like reality no no because like that individual power or, or power like to give power to someone would be them actually doing that stuff for themselves and then moving into a place where they don't need to do that stuff anymore mm -hmm. yeah unless they have some like thing that you know carries on with them and they have to do that mm -hmm. um but it's just like it's interesting how this idea, like that saviorism works against people becoming empowered and it creates more dependency. Yes. And how that is like held up as mm -hmm. an important quality. Yeah. Or like, you know, it just, it, it does, it's interesting. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's benevolent. Like it's well-intentioned. Well, maybe it's not benevolent, but yeah. it's... It's well intentioned. It's yeah, well intentioned. Mainly. But then there also has to be a quality to it that's like I'm trying to prove something. I'm trying to be good enough, you know? So some of it is about, you know, how you're looking or trying to be good enough or, you know, have people think you're a good person or, you know, meet expectations or something. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to it's got to be a part of it. Ego's got to be deep or insecurity. Tired. Well, yeah, because that's, I mean, what we're talking about when we're talking about ego. Yeah. Right? Sure. <laughs> well, it's just we, like sure, that, yeah. you know, I insecure in who I am or, like, insecure in what I is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is I? <laughs> what is I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that the best thing that I can do for the world is to take care of myself and see where that goes. Because we all have our own 
thing that we're here to do, which is essentially to be ourself. Mm-hmm. It's not to extort ourselves. No. To to help people. That helps nobody. No. But a lot of people seem to think that bending over backwards and doing what people think they want will help them. Mhm. Well, it's a people-pleasing. It's, it's the most socially acceptable trauma response. It is the most socially acceptable trauma response. <laughs> like you can't just like up and punch someone when you're triggered, but you can like disappear into yourself and say whatever they need to hear to or make them, them feel better. Yeah, you know, show up and shovel the driveway. Yeah. You know, the these we're talking, we're talking about acts of kindness here as if they're bad things. <laughs> they're not bad <laughs> things, but like if you're doing things like that all the time to make people like you, you're going to get sick. Yeah. Yeah, it will exhaust the person. Cuz it's un- unaligned. And it's not authentic. Because we have the energy to be authentic. We have the energy to do the things that we're here to do, mm-hmm. not other things. Yeah. And that's, I guess, where disease happens. That's part of it. Yeah. There's more to it than that, but that's part of it. Yeah, it's an uh, important sentiment. <laughs> it's like a contributing factor at the very least. Yeah. Are you doing things you don't want to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was on yeah well like risk factors well it just but like, it is it ask, is a risk factor for like everything i'm sure but it's just like asking people how do you feel about yourself like i remember when i started doing that from time to time it was like you know people would look at me like i'm grew horns or something <laughs> what kind of question is that yeah like it was so but it's like to me that was the important question to be asking in that situation mm-hmm. not if their hair is falling out yeah uh. yeah so there's this, like a a level of ignorance and saviorism that says like you know just do more yeah just do more um that is is well-intentioned but misguided mm-hmm And my experience with that type of of situation was that it was very top down. It was very, you are who we tell you to be. Like mm. it was very that kind of energy um, versus, you know, you are a whole person that will make mistakes but also do good things and we just want to see who you become kind of thing. Yeah. And it felt like, Those were two different models I experienced in residency and and very different things. Yeah. Come from very different places. Yeah. Yeah, because you mentioned rotten roots earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. So this, this would be those like that exploitation and saviorism and ignorance yeah yeah safe medicine yeah s-a-i-f saviorism arrogance ignorance and fear yes tm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but these are I mean, they're things that need on. to be talked about and looked at. Yeah. At the at the least. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, those those qualities are what give birth to colonization, to exploitation, to whatever phobia mm-hmm. or thing we want to, whatever oppression the system is yeah. putting out. Literally, that is what would have given rise to colonization, like saviorism, arrogance, mm-hmm. ignorance, and fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, these people need That's, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah, like that 100% is the the force behind it. And that is what has created the medicine that we are trained in. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying it's just a tool. Yeah. Like, it's nothing more than that. It's nothing less than that. It's just a tool. Yeah. And we don't need to attach story. We don't need to attach stuff to it because that just perpetuate something yeah. like it's more about what other tools yeah. can we be using yeah because it's a good tool for some things like absolutely with, like you know broken arms that need pins yeah and i mean it will help with someone's symptoms yeah um it will help with things and it needs to be used at certain points mm-hmm. but it's not something to be like held up or believed in or anything it's just a tool a tool that should be used with a lot of discernment yes mm-hmm. that's the takeaway <laughs> <laughs> that's the takeaway <laughs> yeah okay so we'll each share a poem you want to go first or second um i can go first sure or you go first sure if someone calls you a hero, someone else will call you a villain when we're all just tired people doing our best with what we're given. Excellent. Um, this one is a little bit wordy, um, but bear with it. That's good. <laughs> um, I called it lifting the anathema of the Anthropocene. It burns bitterly inside of our marrow, its potent rancidity paralyzing us in fear of the moral. We're trying to open to our emotional egregore, like Rumi in his guest house, welcoming in novel lore. Of our existence, our truth in this place, trying to not falter as smoke curtails the rat race. As culpable as we feel, it wasn't our fault. We inherited exploitation, acerbic assault. Conditioned we entered, deconditioned we will leave. If we trust the saving beauty, our intersecting lives weave. Disillusioned walks by the river's rolling edge, letting our tears fall, lifting the heaviest of lead. From our chest, from our bones, it no longer caves us in. We dispel disenchantment. The age of cosmopoiesis is in. There's a maple on your on your on your pants. Cool. Oh no, I just gotta <laughs> continue to crawl. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It feels rude to flick them off, but yeah. I guess whatever. It's we'll do what you find want. Its They're way. not poisonous. Yeah, like it'll find its way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw an owl last night. Really? Yeah, it was like sitting on the telephone pole, like at the farm, just hooting. <laughs> and so I went over there to look at it, and then the dog started barking at it, and it like flew right over. Oh, that's awesome. I've never seen an owl. Uh, Thanks for listening. See you again next week. I went and checked out the Patreon. It was one conversation. Yeah, but a new one every month. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
we should use that. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to further support our podcast, go check out our Patreon. We got content on there now. Before we didn't. But now we do. <laughs> it's evolving. Yeah. Just like humanity. <laughs> That's good. Yeah.